0: to The Knock-On Effect.
1: I'm Alex Rosenberg.
0: I'm Justine Underhill.
1: And this is the show where we start in the with the thing you know and end up in a strange place. And this is the podcast version, as as you know if you're listening to it, I guess. We do a video version every week as well. You can find that on realvision.com. And the latest episode is always at realvision.com slash knock-on effect. Uh, I wouldn't actually recommend watching and, and listening in the same Week because it's the same topic and
0: but we go into more depth in the the podcast version and our
1: beautiful faces are on the video version and yes, Rogers so. on the video version too so that's, that's another true. perk yeah but but you let, get let, a
0: little bit of a different menu for each what you decide to do
1: yes it's it's almost like there you get the wine tasting and here we went with the, well wine was wine was two weeks ago actually but um but, but let's dive into it so this week's topic is that it, I, I'm trying to make the case. That Fed rate hikes will keep Americans from playing the lottery.
0: So people will not play the lottery if the Fed raises rates or continues to raise rates.
1: Correct. And uh, just you know, in the video version, Justine is sort of guessing. He or she actually knows, but we're we're going to dive into that topic with a little more detail here. And and start with the Fed raising rates. So last week the Fed raised its target range. Now they want that key benchmark federal funds rate to be, be- Ooh, between. That's a mouthful. 1.75 and two percent. I know it's a lot of words. yeah, but but bas- basically they're trying to, to normalize rates, get out of you know crisis level uh, level target rates and and
0: like stim- basically all the stimulus measures from the financial crisis.
1: Yeah, rolling it away slowly and, and
0: it's crazy to think though that ten years later we're still uh, seeing uh, rates that are below two percent. I know. If you if you asked me in 2008, would we still see rates um, so low 10 years later? I'd say, like, no way.
1: So, contrary view would be that in 2008, you'd be like, the Federal Reserve, you know, haven't seen that in a while. What was that country that used to be here? Like, people thought the whole world was coming apart. Right, people right. thought this is Nicholas actually made this point on Adventures in Finance that 2009, 2008, 2007, 2008. The, the worry was not that the financial system would fall apart. It was that, like, America was, like, going bye-bye.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people listening remember it. I mean, it was it was definitely a scary time.
1: So, so you know. Uh,
0: but it, it's just crazy that we're still in this sort of... Uh, the economy has been firing, I don't want to say, on all cylinders. But for where we are in the business cycle, um, having rates below 2% is certainly an, unusual.
1: But we have been blessed with, with some good growth and some low inflation. So... <laughs> you know.
0: Thanks, armchair economist.
1: Yes, I'm, I am sitting in an armchair. Yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to move on here. It, it's called the benchmark rate because it's not just important for those banks that are keeping their money overnight with the Federal Reserve. It's Banks are the way money get into our economy. So it's, it moderates a lot of different transactions uh, that, that get done. So specifically, as the Fed raises rates, the bank raises the prime rates, which is theoretically the best uh, interest rate at which they lend money to people. And the prime rate influences the rates that people pay for home loans, for, we talked about credit card loans, and for, for auto loans.
0: Okay. So this is a very long way of saying the Fed raising rates basically impacts all other rates in the market.
1: Yes. In a I, sense. I'd say it was moderately long, but you know, it's, it's okay. So one of those rates is that rate for auto loans, which is where where we're gonna focus here. Um, Auto loans have been rising in America, been been a very popular thing to do, to borrow money to buy a car. Uh, More than 100 million auto loans outstanding right now, which I believe is a record. Size of those loans is, the average loan is above $31,000, according to Experian. And the average rate is 5.2%. So, you know, I mean, if if you could just kind of in your head multiply 100 million times, 31,000 times, five five times a, a percent. Now. So those rates on the existing loans aren't necessarily gonna rise, but as more people look to buy cars, and, and I saw a stat that 17 out of 20 Americans do use loans to buy to buy cars, that's gonna become, the whole transaction's gonna become more expensive. So uh, uh, actually among auto dealers, this is according to a company called Cox Automotive, the m- biggest concerns for them, that the top factors keeping their business back, um, interest rates. Jump significantly on that list uh, to number six.
0: I love this list. So six, that, that's the, the sixth biggest worry.
1: That is the sixth biggest worry. The, for auto dealers. For auto dealers, the top factors keeping their business back. Number one is market conditions, whatever that means. I mean, the market conditions that's, have actually been really so strong. Vague. so
0: yeah. Uh,
1: the only, you know, a lot of the list is sort of obvious, um, but the funny one is at number eight is consumer transparency in pricing
0: yeah so that's basically people knowing what the price of the car actually is worth that's basically
1: they're worried about people walking in and say excuse me may i please pay thirty five thousand dollars for that car which is the average price that you've actually sold it at and they're like well i can give you a really good deal and sell for thirty seven thousand and they they're like
0: yeah but it says here you generally
1: sell for 30 yeah. so that's it a big basically worry.
0: undermines a lot of the the tactics
1: right i mean these. you could almost have a, have a robot sell cars if people know exactly what they're going to pay for it
0: right or you know just have it through a website or something like that.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so that's that, that's one issue. But, but I'm just gonna gonna give a little more context here. This is from analysts from Cox Automotive explaining the one percent increase on the average auto loan we've already seen has increased the average monthly payment by fourteen dollars. Throw in higher vehicle prices, and average payments are up four percent from last year. And uh, their bottom line is that that you know rising interest rates impact all corners of the business, which is why these increased rates from the Fed are.
0: are Right, okay, so... Not a huge concern, but... So the rising rates are keeping auto dealers to some extent up at night, at least it's the sixth thing keeping them up at night, um, in the sense that people are gonna take on less loans, probably.
1: That That's that's the idea that, that you know, I, I joke this show should be called On the Margins because it's, I mean, economics, you could argue, is actually all about marginal decision-making and people are responding to incentives. So the incentive is, you know, slightly on the margins, you know, the ins- people are being pushed just a bit to not buy a car. Mm-hmm. So if people are dead set on buying a car and it's gonna be another $40 a month or another $30 a month, they're gonna buy that car. But, you know, people are really deciding, do I really want that Nissan Altima? The- that's our program sponsor, just kidding. Uh, then then they might be pushed not to buy it. Right.
0: Okay, so where's this going?
1: Okay, So 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 far we've done Fed raising rates, uh, auto loans getting more expensive, fewer people wanting to buy cars. Now the next knock-on effect is going to have to do with, with with transportation, because even if you don't buy a car, it's still relatively important to get from from one place to another.
0: Yeah, transportation is a key aspect of life.
1: Thank you. Um, so, so here's an interesting quote from uh, Dan Jurgen, who is a Economic historian and, and energy expert
0: one of my favorite authors I, I want to give another plug for his book the prize, which is a really fantastic book on oil It is a big read, but it's pretty much covers everything you need to know about the oil business
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I prefer Dickens and, and Joyce oh, but yeah. Jürgen's one of your favorite authors. Oh, yeah. That's that's cool, I'd, too
0: I'd put him up there.
1: Yeah, so so another uh, So oh, oh, I didn't even give him the quote yet. My god. So he said a great, I was too busy making fun of you, to actually. Sure. A great automotive paradox, where more, one of my favorite authors, It's amazing. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, here,
0: here's what you I'm rolling in, my eyes now. Here is what the
1: author of the great American novel, Dan Yergin, said. A great automotive paradox, where more travel via car than ever, but fewer cars will be needed by individuals, will be a defining quality of the next automotive future. The shift is just beginning.
0: This is beautiful
1: language. I mean, do I prefer this, or do I prefer it was the best of times, or it was the worst of times? Who can say? It's a toss-up. Shall I compare these to a summer's rose? will no. travel via car. You
0: know, it's, they're close. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day?
1: Oh, yeah. But, so
0: you messed that one up.
1: Yeah, love is like a red, red rose. That's that's Burns. All right, fine. And an, another analyst from the same firm adds... Uh, we could very well be on the cusp of the greatest transformation in personal transportation since the dawn of the automotive age. To me, he's more of like the Ezra Pound or John Irving, if you will, of right, IHS right. Market.
0: Get, get. Where, where are we going with this? He's not like, you Okay. Know... <laughs> What's right. the point you're
1: making? All right, all right, all right. Um, the, the new acronym around these changes is MAS. MAS, which is Mobility as a service and
0: do you have to say it like that? Well, there are two ways this, so You have to extend it, it something like a nice. uh, it Sounds like a sheep
1: That would be boss <laughs> that's, that's mobility as a <laughs> service So so what that is is a new way of, th- of thinking about transportation instead of okay I have a car and that's how I get from one place to another It's a part of your life in, in, Instead of that. It's it's basically thinking of the trip itself as the thing that you need to make. And so you get from one place to another. That's the whole point of having a car. So we can forget about having a car and just think of the transportation as, as a service that you're being provided.
0: Hmm.
1: What, what's it So, so I, I have a pillow at home, you know, not sure to I feel too much about myself, oh. but I, I sleep on a pillow at night. Oh, so
0: very unique of you.
1: Exactly. And it, it supports my head as I sleep because-
0: Thank you so much for breaking this down for us. Well,
1: <laughs> well, yes, but but yeah, I'm I'm getting somewhere with this. So so I need a pillow. We all need pillows because humans were made in a stupid way that we couldn't lie down without like hurting our necks.
0: This will be the next knock on effect. No, but isn't that weird? Like, why
1: doesn't a body work? You know what I mean? Like, anyway, you know what I'm saying. This isn't it weird. I want to throw
0: out there. I sleep without a pillow.
1: See, see, this is your body. Your neck is something. Something wrong happened Just, to my people. Okay. And uh, but but. So I have a pillow, but it's not that I need a pillow. I need something to support my head as I sleep. So theoretically, instead of buying a pillow, I could just hire someone and pay them $15 an hour to stand there and, and hold my head while I slept. And then it, instead of, you know, a pillow, I would have paws. pillow as a service? I would have a pillow as a service. It, it's just a different way of, of seeing the world.
0: Okay. So basically you're turning anything into a service.
1: It can't be done with, with everything, although... I mean, the way you described it, it makes it sound like it can be. But, but it, it's, it's just a way of taking a step back. And um, and a lot of the most exciting new companies are finding ways of breaking it down and saying, well, what does this person actually need? Do they need a car or do they just need a way to get from, from here to there? Maybe they can do that with a bicycle. Maybe they can do it with that by us just picking them up. In our car, and so this is this is Zipcar, this is this is Uber and Lyft.
0: This is basically the ride sharing.
1: Yeah, the ride sharing, the car sharing. It's it's you know we're gonna get you from here to there.
0: Right. And okay.
1: and and have fun with it.
0: Okay, so that's basically all the new services we've seen uh, from Uber, and Lyft, via Juno, whatever it is you want. And, and so they've already discovered this. I
1: only discovered Juno by the way, like two weeks ago, but it's so good.
0: Yeah. You're uh, way behind the times.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, but, but but so, so you know, bringing us back to the knock-on effect here. So, Fed raises rates, car payments get more expensive, fewer people buy cars, and car alternatives are gaining ground.
0: Isn't this happening anyway?
1: Totally. I mean, it's, it's enabled by technology, right? It's, it's hard to order an Uber without a smartphone. There's actually would be no way to do it. Like, and so modern technology lets us have, make more things into services. Mm-hmm. That said, you know, on on the margins again, more people will look for these services because cars are going to be a little more expensive.
0: Okay, that's that's reasonable. Accept that.
1: Thank you. You're um, welcome. So, so, so as the and as these mobility as a services companies grow, we're going to see services grow around them. Basically, uh, I'm going to give an example of a company called Stratum which was recently acquired by a car auction salvage company. And what they do is, is actually quite interesting. So they, their motto is powering fleet operations. And I'm quoting from a TechCrunch article, which uh, refers to Ford's uh, fleet of chariot shuttles. Through Stratum's vendor marketplace, for example, Ford can request gas fill-ups for its chariot shuttles. The next day, a fuel company will come to fill up the tanks and then send that information back into the system. So that's the now we're coming to the next knock on effect which has to do with gas. You know, but,
0: who are they filling up cars for? So they're filling up gasoline like in cars for who?
1: For for anyone who has a fleet of cars. And so so you know, let's just use Uber as an example. Like as if and as Uber is able to have, you know, fleets of non-driven cars roving around the city. They're still going to need to get filled with gas. So it's, it's, this company is going to, going to see you know, how many of these cars have gas. All right, let's fill this one up. Let's fill this one up. Let's so this fill this one up. This
0: is more for like autonomous vehicles.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it works for vehicles with drivers too, but it, it just lets you see. They have kind of a platform that lets you see all the information about the fleet and then helps you provide the services. They're not literally the ones filling up the gas, Okay. but, but other companies are, are going to do that. And if you kind of zoom out and think about it, when I own a car, it's like I own a dog, so I pick up its poop. I own a house, so I paint it. I own a car, so I take it to the gas station. I get the oil checked, to get the treads replaced. I look at the the, the tie rod. Tie rods. You Is that a thing? don't own a car. I don't own a car. Uh, you, you found me out <laughs> yet again, dismantling my folksy folksy persona. But but as You know, it's just you're taking a ride in a fleet. You're not going to be the one gassing it up. A company like Stratum is going to help the owner of that fleet do that instead. And that's where our final knock, and actually penultimate knock-on effect is, is that as these mobility as a service things take hold, people are not going to go to gas stations. Fewer people are. Maybe some people will go more if you, you know, are in charge of an Uber and and they send you to a gas station over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. But the average person is going to end up
0: going less. And there might be more localized sites where people actually come to your car to fill up your tank.
1: Yeah, who knows? Like, uh, th- there's a 2017 journal article that talked about all the changes that could be coming to gas stations, and th- they talked about oil companies uh, quote are testing services that bypass the gas station altogether and deliver fuel directly to consumers, or they're looking at ways. That a shift by consumers to car sharing or autonomous vehicles could create opportunities for oil companies to operate car fleets of of their own.
0: So basically the gas station model that we've all come to know and love is going to change. Oh, I love it. Nothing uh, nothing
1: gets me excited like running out of gas, going to a place that smells absolutely terrible, getting out of my car and standing there for for 20 minutes. This is
0: all hypothetical because as we know, you don't own a car.
1: I have driven. Okay.
0: Oh, All right. You're getting back some of your folksy charm. Yeah, <laughs> you, uh, you have I've, driven a car. I have
1: driven, Your Honor. <laughs> um, and <laughs> so, so uh, we should probably mention here that there's another threat to gas stations, which is
0: electric vehicles.
1: Yeah, you don't necessarily always need gas in, in the car of the future. Although, although who knows? But but no matter what happens it seems very unlikely that people are gonna go to gas stations as much. Now, even if if gas continues to be the fuel of choice, and we don't know how this will all play out, maybe Uber will have all its pools of cars in one place and and they'll just deliver the gas to there all at once.
0: Right, I just wanna make a big point there. You know, people keep talking about electric vehicles being the future, which is like, the likely future right now, but it's going to take a lot of time unless there's some sort of government decree or directive. It's going to take a long time to phase that out and, and we gasoline vehicles out.
1: We are starting to see decrees. I think in Europe, about like by 2040, all the cars have to be electric.
0: I think there's something going on in China too. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, there, you have seen it in certain countries. I, I for people in the U.S. Uh, take away their gas-guzzling cars. I think uh, that that is that goes hand-in-hand hand with uh, America and flags. Well, you know
1: what? If they can convince folksy people like me that it's all right, then I think they can Thank- convince everybody. I know, gas goes like, it's almost like an American.
0: That's an American way of life. <sighs> anyway, so what's the next knock on it, Thank flags? you
1: for keeping me on track here. Uh, that's no, so so now we're pretty much done, because what people do at those gas stations is they do buy lottery tickets. Um, Okay. Sure. A lot of people who are buying a lot of tickets at gas stations might buy them elsewhere, but it's a good place to, to buy your lottery tickets. If you look in the lists of the top selling lottery ticket purveyors in a state, often many gas stations are towards the top of the list. And in five states, you don't even need to go into that stupid little store with the disgusting bathroom to buy those tickets. You can. They have what's called pay, play at the disgusting because they're not folksy enough. I mean, oh, okay. they have what they call play-at-the-pump programs where when you put your debit card in, it will spit out a, well, they'll say, would you also like a lottery ticket? And you can just buy it right there on the pump.
0: Oh, so convenient. I'm, in America makes things really convenient.
1: I know. Yeah. What, what a country. So so that's just to sort of quickly review the knock-on effects because I promised I'd get you from Fed funds rate to the lottery. So we started with higher Fed funds rate, uh, more expensive auto loans, uh, more, fewer people buying cars, you would think I would know this by now, fewer people buying cars, car alternatives taking hold, people not going to the gas stations as much, and therefore people buying fewer lottery tickets.
0: A lot of margin, you know, marginal things. It's all, but...
1: this show, you know, economics is the study of, of the margins. Yeah. So, If you will.
0: So, yeah, I mean, if you accept that and also take into account that a lot of these shifts are happening anyway, then, Yeah. I think you get us there, and as long as you also accept that uh, lottery tickets you can easily buy elsewhere. Yes, but but we've we've accepted all this. Yes, yes. Um,
1: um, acceptance is the is the last step. Yes. Of, uh, <laughs> of, 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 of the knock effect. effect. Do you uh, do you, do you play the? Because uh, I like, we established last week you don't uh, play the ponies, as it were.
0: Oh right. What was that? With horse racing? Yes.
1: How soon you forget?
0: Yes, yes, I remember now. No, uh, what was it? Victory Gallop. Remember yes. There? See, I, I do know some of these horses' names now. Uh, no, I don't play the lottery, but I do. We actually bought some scratch offs for the uh, video version of the show, and so I ended up playing the lottery. Um, I, I didn't want one. one of the, oh, did, oh, we didn't even finish those yet.
1: Oh my God, we just so. We have about
0: five, ten no, We have like seven of those lottery tickets. I ended up scratching three of them one of them got $15. So it cost $2, got 15. The other one cost $2, just scratched, got nothing. And the third one cost $3 and got nothing. So, we made a return. We're actually, yeah, cuz
1: I think we have like $26 of lottery tickets total. So, oh, oh my gosh, you know the uh the Mega Millions cuz I also bought a Mega Millions ticket for. You haven't even as a checked prop. that. I think that comes out tonight.
0: Oh. Oh so wow.
1: Big. Wouldn't that be funny if like we we win there's just like this podcast or just like for this It'd be so. It's this show is hard enough to explain to listeners of the show. Can you imagine, like, yeah, no, we bought it because we do this show where we show how the Fed raises rates, and so the lottery ticket is here. T- just sit
0: down and give us half an hour, and
1: we'll explain I to you why exactly we bought a lottery ticket. what happened
0: and how we won millions of dollars. Well, I will say, even if uh, we win, I will be here next week. Would you be here next week? I would.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> would be here next week. Uh, a lottery, lottery ticket or no, but but I want I want to zoom out. your uh, uh, zoom zoom back a bit and 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 get back to the Fed and all the impacts that these rates have.
0: It's on everything. You know, when we were doing the show, I thought it was going to be on loan defaults. You know, because because raising rates, I mean, you have people taking on higher loans, bigger loans, um, and you've probably increased the default rate, especially in a lot of the, the um, auto market, which we have been seeing an increased yeah. default rate in the, in the auto market. But I mean, the Fed raising rates is something, it's sort of like we've been in an environment that we haven't been in for the past decade. Um, and so right now that we're finally getting to that point where rates are going higher, it's something that people don't really have a memory of.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's interesting from an equity market perspective too.
0: That stocks. That is the folksy way of
1: saying stocks. And because there's been a a theory propagated by some, many, that stocks are rising, have risen because of um, low rates and stimulative, stimulative policies by the Fed, tough word. Mouthful. But, you know, if the Fed raises rates and the economy continues to do well and stocks continue to do well... I don't know that
0: that thesis might not look
1: so amazing. If we haven't
0: seen the Fed raising rates a huge amount yet.
1: Okay, okay. And
0: that's just how business cycles works. The Fed raises rates, as we've seen before 2006. They're raising rates now. The economy slows down a little bit. Um, you know, easy money is a little bit less easy, and asset prices usually go down.
1: Yeah, and it's cool to think about this from you know what I've really enjoyed about the show is to think of it from an individual's perspective about that theoretical, marginal person who, I'll call him Todd, who, you know, Todd thinks he wants a car, but he's not really sure, and he's doing a lot of research, and uh, he figures out that actually rates are a little bit higher than they used to be, and he's going to pay a little more for, for that car loan. He's like, you know what, actually, maybe I'll just take a bunch of Uber. I mean, by the way, speaking of car sharing, like, people who are moving to LA are telling me, you used to buy a car, now you just need a smartphone and, and, and a credit card and, hmm. and an Uber app. But but for for Todd, who's on the margins, maybe we should call him him Marja Marja Marjorin Marjorin,
0: Mar Marjorin Mar- Mar- Margin. Mar- Margin? Marjo, is, why is that not
1: a name? We'll Marjol,
0: Mar- call him
1: Marjor Marjorin.
0: There has to be a good name there.
1: I know you would think so. You would think we would have thought of this ahead of time. But but anyway, so Todd's making a decision on the margins, and then he's deciding to take Uber instead. And then he's not ending up at the gas station. And then he's not buying lottery tickets. I really think this person. Like exists, by the way. And 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 this is kind of the whole point of the knock on effect that for at least a couple people
0: <laughs> The two people in the world. <laughs>
1: yes. But 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 for the question comes down to would Todd Todd of the past have bought this is gonna get complicated. Okay. would Todd of the past have bought a car when the rates were lower? So so yes. So so this is Todd who changed his view. So that means the Fed caused Todd to not buy a car and this is part of, you know, the economy slowing down, people not purchasing big ticket items, things all get a little slower. It's like you very literally see the impact of these financial moves that we all know is important when the Fed raises rates, but why? Because of because of the Todds out there, man.
0: Yeah, they're they're ruining everything.
1: Or or, you know, or
0: But they're also spending money on the the right. Don't blame
1: here. Todd. Blame blame the Fed. Blame the Fed.
0: I think that's a great way to end.
1: We should have started that way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, that, that was fun. Yeah. That was good. Um, so we have a new episode every, don't you hate when you hang out with people and afterwards there's like, that was fun, right? Like super desperate. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was enjoyable. <laughs> Thank you for hanging out with me. Um, so we have a new episode every Thursday. Oh, we, we talked about this, right? We have a new episode every Thursday on this podcast feed. Helpful
0: to summarize.
1: And we have a new video out every week uh as well on the same yeah. topic
0: and if you want more in the markets and the economy make sure to check out realvision.com slash knock on effect where you can sign up for your 14 day free trial
1: yeah it's a good deal and, and you can hear from a lot of people who are a lot smarter than us
0: and you can hear from uh people who also uh want to blame the fed this is true yeah lots to hear from okay, okay. see you guys next week